I like the fact we're committing to this and we're actually getting the three episodes we said we get recorded this morning done. We've actually done it in good time. Considering we've got to get the editing done. I mean, so, all Lucy is uh, in by now. Yeah, calling sick, helped us out. So, today's, we've done the weekly review, we recorded that this morning for last week, and then we spoke about our flip challenge in the last show. So in theory, this should still be going up this week, so three episodes in the week. Mm-hmm. And this one was a sort of a conversation um, around giving someone in the company too much responsibility. Um, forgot to do the intro, so if you're listening, this is episode 107 of the Startup Diary podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, <laughs> sort of an NPR-style casual hey, introduction. Didn't, didn't see you come in there. Um, the reason for this, mate, was obviously with the change in the company in January when you were away. And, yeah. And things <laughs> you were, were happening. You were a bit And things are um, <laughs> shaken up. Um, I then went through... So for those of you that don't know, we had a uh, sort of a three roles uh, that we decided uh, we needed to get more development in the team. So we merged three roles into one uh, to free up budget for the company to bring more development in. Uh, developers in and if you listen to the weekly review show that went up on Monday is you'll know that we just hired Connor um, so Connor if you listen to the show at any point in the future welcome to the team buddy but that sort of triggered off like a big conversation in me around when people come into the company like how much of the job is protecting yourself to make sure that if they leave CEO if they leave your company um, how much responsibility should you be putting into one, any one individual person? Um, because if that person leaves, they take away too much knowledge and it takes too long to ramp someone else up into that job mm. role. And then balancing that with being a startup and empowering people to feel like they've got the responsibility in the company that makes them feel like they enjoy their work. So I just wanted to have a sort of a general chat around that and just uh, share some thoughts and let you dig in on anything that you want to ask about. Um, so the the key thing is for me is if you look at our sort of team structure, um, is we're a startup. We have so many tasks that remember the exercise that we did in on like uh, one of the last days in December where everyone put their tasks yeah. and stuff up. Yeah, yeah. There's so many tasks that people have to do on a day to day basis, and if you had to walk around that room and look at everyone's boards we had whiteboards on the wall didn't we everyone had their name and tasks and what we considered crucial tasks and and just day-to-day activity tasks is there so many tasks that people do that no one else in the company not could do but doesn't do or doesn't take part in or even aware that that happens Mm. in the company so there's this kind of conversation in my head around does that mean that i've poorly balanced the team or does that mean that i've empowered staff and where i've sort of got to is you have to do 80% empowerment being a startup and then 20% documentation. Um, so what I mean by that is the work that Fordy does around the website package, Yeah. what I need from him, and he does anyway, he's just very good at documenting what he does, is making sure that he's not flying by the seat of his pants just doing the work that he chooses to do. So he works through a very structured Asana uh, task management system where at any point I could go in and see what's due today, 
what's been done from completed tasks and bits like that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really know where I wanted to go with this. It was just sort of a a brain dump of when you join a company, depending on the size, how do you balance people's expectations with protecting yourself with the company? I think with with this company anyway, because it's so small, um, just going back to relinquishing control over certain aspects, if you don't, then this company's only ever going to be you. Yeah. And we're just, we're just errand boys and girls. Yep. So you have to, you have to inevitably hand over some responsibility to people lower down than you. So not lower down, but you know, you know what I mean? So yeah. you, if you're, if you're at the top, the work needs to flow downwards. So at the moment we're technically all managers and your CEO, if you think about it that way. But yeah. You you've all no got specialists in your own, in your own roles. And we have no one underneath us. Yep. But in order for a company to get bigger, everyone needs to be res- responsible for people underneath them that do subtasks for them. It's, it's kind of like a, what's the best way to describe it? Like a, is it a tree? Like a, not like a family tree. <laughs> no, I know what you <laughs> is mean. Is what I'm visualizing. Yeah. Like an organizational chart looks yeah. like top managers, subordinates, staff, yeah. and that sort of stuff. But the, the workload travels down the tree. Yep. So if it, when you started the company by yourself, it was just you, you were doing everything. But then you need to take people on board to help to grow. So then there's like... And I need those people to be specialists in their own fields. Like I've always said that I need to hire people that are going to become better at their task than I ever was. Because I was a jack of all trades. Mm. Uh, That's how you start the business. It's you do everything. You do HR, you do payroll, you do marketing, sales, finance, all that cool stuff. Um, And then you bring people in to do that role better than you could ever do it. And I just focus on my tasks. And then, but then eventually, the way the way I see it, anyway, is that when you reach sort of somewhat of a critical mass, where you've got you, you've got managers, you've got team leaders, and you've got staff underneath that, eventually, there's not so much of a um, point of, of failure. Yeah. So if one of the the managers leaves, there's enough people beneath them that have been educated in that field to potentially move up. So. It's a more delicate operation right now that if, if say, the, 40 leaves... That's the exact thing. Is this, we're in this... So when it's just me, fine. When we're 50 people strong, fine. Mm. But there's this yeah. grey window of when you are five people, nine people, um, 20 people, there's this thing where it's... He's the only person in the company that knows that job. And then I go, that's great because he's, he's really valued and he's rewarded for it, da, da, da. But if he gets hit by a bus tomorrow, like all that revenue <coughs> could go because we're going to fail on that part of the business. Um, but, and it's but, that sort of balancing act that I find tough. But, but you also don't want to over-document jobs. Yeah. Like I don't want you every single day documenting everything you do for an hour at the start and the end of the day because if... But there's not enough people at this point in time as well to be able to share the flow like the, you have to have someone specialised in a certain area of the business because otherwise there's too much work for everyone else to do and you can't focus on other tasks. Unfortunately, you've just got to let go of responsibility. Yeah, I think... I think it's just it, a price that you've got to roll the dice and hope that they that's don't That's the exact leave. thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I think um, 
I think the issue isn't around, I think where I'm at, um, and uh, I think Fordy listens to the shows and, and he'll, this will resonate with him more now after the conversations we've had since being in January, is like my job now isn't to over, make Fordy over-document his role um, because he does task management well. Right, like, that's cool. I know what tasks need to be done. My job is to make sure that he's very happy in his role mm. and he wants to progress and he wants to be part of the team and he wants to grow with the company. Um, because I think they're the two choices is I either get 25% less productivity out of people because they use that time to document their roles. So if they get hit by a bus, someone can step in tomorrow and read some documentation around, oh, this is what Matthew Ford did. Um, after one week's worth of work, I can replicate that sort of thing. Um, yes, it, I think we hit the nail on the head. It's, there's, this, there's this growth area where everyone in the company, I need to feel like everyone in the company is bought into the mission and not have to worry about safety nets for everyone's roles. Yeah, like that's the... We experience this because... That's the bigger concern is should you fo- should you focus on the uh, the ability to have high staff turnover or should you just ensure that the staff don't turn over at all yeah so there's <laughs> no exactly uh, and I think um, and you, I, I was around JCB as mentioned in the weekly review um, the regional meeting um, and this is sort of where some of this, this well I wanted to bring this front and centre because I know it's been on our board for a while is like every one of their roles is massively documented mm. and it's very rigorous and it's A, B, C, D, E. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's because in those sort of roles, there's high turnover. And if yeah. that guy is not there today, that spot needs to be filled because the rest of the production line fails. Yeah, it's, a, it's the process is down to a T, down to a, a specific time that the process takes and it's, it's documented. So literally anyone can come in unskilled yep. because they just need to read the manual follow it to the T and they will achieve the result of that process yep. that takes nine minutes. No, exactly. <laughs> Every nine minutes. And, and that's, that's the extreme side of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I read this book um, called The Phoenix Project, which was around a technology company. Um, it's on Audible, if anyone's listening to books on Audible, um, where it basically says that they take manufacturing processes and apply them to software development mm. because the... The people that have it as lean as it will ever be will those be people on like just-in-time production lines. So I read that book and learned a lot from it. Um, and then the whole conversation was around, yeah, but if uh, if Fordy doesn't, if Fordy's ill for a month, touch wood, he's not, um, the website package is going to struggle massively. The customers, the support, everything, massive stress mm. on the business. But I think that what where we are today in terms of the company size is this is just one of the big um, strained on a startup. I think this is just this is part of growing a business. Uh, there's going to be a point, like you said, rolling the dice on the staff we've got. Make sure you hire right first. Make sure that the 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 team always reflects where the, the company's going, and that's where the mm-hmm. changes came from in, in January. Um, otherwise, you leave yourself open. And I was kind of too generous with the levers in January because I wanted them to have enough time to go and find their own thing. So I basically gave them the rest of the month to go and find it. And then I realized when they left is there was no documentation around the roles, what needed to be done. Because I used to just sit with Matt and be like, cool, what's on today, da da da. And I'd know it all up here. But when he left, I've got all my own stuff to do. You weren't here. I was doing Matt's, Martin's and your job, <laughs> plus mine. 
uh, and it was just a clusterfuck. Like, it was just like, wow, like there's a lot to do. And the worst thing for me is there's a lot to do and I didn't actually know what I wasn't doing because there wasn't a list. Yeah, um, it's the only way it's been missed a couple of weeks. Yeah, so, so I think um, my, my cliff notes for the whole experience have been, and that's why I wanted to just ramble on the show about it, is I didn't want to take away productivity, but on exit of the company, I'm trying to make sure that even if we've hired all the right people and everyone's here for the right reasons, but people's life situations change or whatever it is, if people decide that they don't want to be here, then I just need a more rigorous exit process because great uh harry you don't want to be here not a problem you've got four weeks to work for the company through that time we need to just make sure everything's handed over correctly mm. i didn't do that last time so biggest lesson for me was that that stage needs to be better used yeah. uh, respect for both of us as well because mm. you want someone to come in and help support the role and yeah. i want you to move on to the next thing so um one of, one of the key things there though is sometimes these things have to happen for you to realize something needs to be in place mm-hmm. like you don't know you don't know something's missing until you miss it <laughs> no exactly so an, a proper exit strategy is something that you've never really had to deal with before no no so. i mean we've never had uh, sort of company changes to that scale mm. before on, on the staff in front um bit of a more lower energy show but it was just sort of a ramble um of just something that i struggled with and through speaking to some of the listeners is they like this sort of insight. So I just wanted to know that that was something that I struggled with in Jan. I kind of did very poorly. Um, and if anyone else is going to go through that, um, hopefully stuff in today's show will help. On a, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you think people should worry about this until, maybe not this exact situation, but things like this, how, how much should you consider it until it actually happens and there's a requirement to make plans? It's a really good question. I think... So one of the exercises that, that I do anyway is I look at um, staff as a cost base. Mm-hmm. So if you look at um, like 40... we are just numbers. <laughs> so 40, 40's, 40's uh, KPIs and his requirements <clears throat> in the company are directly related to the website package. So um, success on the website package and uh, cancellations on the website package are responsible for that. So what I, <coughs> what I can do is then say... Cool. So the website package revenue, I can directly correlate to 40. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which basically means that if that website revenue was 80% of my overall yearly revenue, that's a massive problem for me if he goes. Like, yeah. it's not just a problem for me, it's a problem for the whole damn company. Um, so I think when, to answer your question, how much should people worry about it, it's understand where all the points of failure in the business are and how much pain it's going to cause you. Example. Mark leaves expert trades. Okay? Well, just shut down. <laughs> Turn the lights off. Yeah. I'll pay the rent till the end of the month. Like, this is Mark- where we start flipping everything <laughs> in this office. <laughs> exactly. Everything's on eBay all of a sudden. Um, so big point of failure. And then what can I do about that? I could go and hire another senior developer to sit side by side with Mark to understand the processes. Or I can not do that because that's extremely expensive yep. um, and not a position we're in. So I go, okay, so that's a massive point of failure for the business, so what do I do? I work very close with Mark and make sure I understand if he's happy, if he's not happy, um, and on a one-to-one relationship level, understand his hopes, fears, dreams, and whether we're a good fit for him. So we have enough mutual respect for each other that if he wants to leave, he's gonna give me two, three months notice. Then I can start worrying about how I replace that role. So look at all your business and look at the points of failures and work out, is there anything you can do that's affordable without killing productivity? 
And if there's not, don't worry about it. Just make sure that you've got a close enough relationship with your team that they respect you enough to help you if they decide to leave. That's the, that's my cliff notes. That's where I'm at now, is don't kill productivity and just make sure your team respect you as the, the founder mm -hmm. and the uh, give them as much opportunity as you can to stay at the company and support them. But if it's just not a good fit, help each other out through that exit process. Perfect.